This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Pop a top again. I've just got time for one more round. Set them up, my friend. Then I'll be gone. And Welcome back to episode 48 of Two Drunk Brothers in a Podcast, presented by The Hub Chicago. So again, you know, this is our second episode now under the Hub Chicago's podcast network. So make sure you go follow them on the socials at the Hub Chicago. You know, go check out their podcast, the Chester podcast with Tommy Brown and Brian Landino. Great guys bringing us on, hoping to grow this podcast network. Today is Wednesday, September 18th, 2019, or whenever the hell you're listening to it. And today we got a pretty loaded show for you guys. Yeah, we... uh we have some big stories from around the this past weekend in the NFL, whether that be injuries or people starting to heat up, people getting benched. Um, we have fully loaded Degenerates Digest for you guys coming up after that with our four college football lines and our four NFL picks. Um, and then we have our first and 10 after that, which we have a question from one of our Instagram followers. Um, and then we're introducing a new segment or a new little piece that you're just going to have to stay tuned for. Uh, because we're not going to break that to you just yet. And then we have a little uh, little bit of, of interesting internet questions for you after that. So pretty loaded show. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. We're definitely not going give, to give away the first 10 segment. There's honestly, the, I, in my opinion, this is going to be the, the, the best segment of the show is the end. So definitely, whether you guys want to just fucking skim past all this other shit, you don't like to gamble or whatever, you can skip right to that because we got some loaded stuff in the first 10. But with that being said, there were some big stories over the weekend. The NFL, I mean, the injury bug. First of all, Travis, do you want to recap the gambling records? Because I had two. I'd rather not, but we can't. I had, I had two things that happened on college football Saturday. I covered. I was this close, and you guys can't see it, but I'm like so close to being 0-4 in college football. I barely covered on the Navy ECU under. I don't know I how barely, that one hit. And I barely covered on the Florida fucking spread. So. I mean, I'm – our locks went yet again three of four, so our locks are solid. If you're if you're gambling, you know, doubles much on those. Um, everything else not so good. I'm getting the shit under the stick. 
none of my back, none of my games hardly ever backdoor cover. I feel like it's always they're getting covered against. Um, I went an god awful two and six. Um, I thought you were three and five. No, I only won two games. Oh shit! Yikes! Yeah. And then Jared another week went like another another week like that. You got a punishment coming. Yeah, no, if I know. I have to win four games this weekend. Um, yeah. And then Jarrett went four and four, so he kind he broke even on that. Um, we're still above five hundred on our yearly gambling record. We are under five hundred in our football gambling record, so we're gonna need to pump those up for you guys. You're well under five hundred. I'm. I got to be close to five. I'm eight eighteen and one, and then you are eight and ten. Okay. Okay, I'll so, take it. Yeah, it's uh, it's a big one. But the Browns game was big for us on Monday night. It was, it was. I double spent the bank on that game. Yeah, I mean, I well, first of all, I, depending on where you gamble, like I know where we gamble at, they closed. Like we bet on them, we got them at two and a half, and they took it away. I'm like, what the fuck? So then they've opened up back up a six and a half, and I bet on that again. And then they opened back up two and a half lines. So then I had effectively had damn near a hundred dollars on the Browns between two different two separate lines, and it doesn't matter because both of them hit. So that was awesome. But anyway. Um, Let's quick recap on the gambling. Let's move on to some big stories. The injury bug is biting big in the NFL. There's two big ones that we're going to talk about. Drew Brees and Big Ben. So Drew Brees, it looked like they, he's getting a second opinion, but it looked like a broken thumb or like I was going to say it's got to be a broken thumb. Is it that or like that or like a hyperextended ligament in his thumb, which is just as bad. Um, if you weren't if you weren't watching the game or didn't see it um, <clears throat> after halftime, he came back out on the sidelines to try to pick up a ball to throw some warm to throw some warm up you know passes, and he picked up the ball, gripped it with his thumb, and immediately like half a second later just dropped it on the ground and walked away. So he can't even yeah. grasp a football. Yeah, I was reading six to eight weeks is like what they're optimistic for. Um, if I it's mean, if it's six, they'll come back. Again, on that, he'll come back for that second game against the Falcons, which would be nice. So I was going to talk about that because it kind of leaves the NFC South wide open. Um, I think the Panthers are out of it because Cam's future's up in the air. Obviously, the Bucks aren't a real contender. It's really between the Falcons and the Saints. And I kind of got some stuff for you if you don't mind me rattling off some stuff. So I think let's just go. It says six to eight weeks. Let's just go ahead and assume it's seven. You know, take take in between the next seven games for the Saints at Seattle at home against Dallas, at home against Tampa Bay, at Jacksonville, at Chicago, at home against Arizona, and then they have a bye week, and they have a bye week nine, which I'm assuming that's probably when they're planning for Breeze returns after that bye week in week nine. Wouldn't, wouldn't you assume? Yeah. Hoping- that's after the Atlanta game, right? It's, it's so at, so the, the week after the, Atlanta and, and New Orleans both have a bye week nine, and they, and they play each other week ten. So – I mean, I was looking at it. I can honestly see both these teams being around four and four-ish, maybe, maybe Atlanta being five and three coming off that bye and setting up because then they play each other twice in the last half of the year. So this kind of like leaves the, gives the Falcons opportunity to either jump ahead or really kind of, I don't know. Like it, it's, it, it sets up a, yeah. yeah, I mean, what sucks for the Saints is that there are four very winnable games, the Bucks, the Jags, the Bears, and the Cardinals right in a row. That he's not going to be that Drew Brees is not going to be there for, um, so, so that kind of hurts. I looked at it and I, I think they're probably going to be three and three in the next six. I can see him beating Tampa at home. I can see him beating Chicago and the Cardinals. Um, or like so, basically, what, what I said is they're going to beat Tampa, they're going to beat Arizona, and they're going to split Jacksonville and Chicago because those are both road games. Yeah. They're going to lose to Seattle. They're going to lose to Dallas. 
and then they'll split Jack. So they're gonna be three and three. So going I mean, into get shit figured out with uh, with the whole Teddy Bridgewater Taysom Hill type thing within the next couple of weeks. Going into those four games, maybe you know they could win three to four of them. See what see what help what helps is that the Falcons next seven are just are not as are not any easier. They're at Indy, who's been a solid team so far with, with Jacoby Brissett. They're at home against Tennessee, had a really good defense at Houston, at Arizona, okay, and then they're at home against the Rams in Seattle. So I mean, their next yeah their next seven aren't, and then they have a bye week nine. So their they next really only eight, have, I mean. I say they win two out of three of those Colts, Titans, uh, Cardinals games, and they drop the Texans, Rams, Seahawks. So you're, so you're they you're, could you're, go three and three. They might very well go two and four. So that's what I said. I could see them being three and three down that stretch. I think what's going to happen is the Saints and the Falcons are both going to be four and four going into that going into that week nine bye, and that's going to set up for a very interesting week ten matchup. So. Just something to keep an eye on. I don't think the Panthers or the Bucks are are in that division. Do you at all? No, I mean pretty much what sums up though for this NFC South is that the winner of this division is going nine and seven. Yeah, I mean seriously, it, it legitimately is. I mean, and with Drew, if Drew Brees is not hurt, they run away with this thing, run away with it for sure. But um, so that's with Drew Brees, and then you got Big Ben who's out for the Steelers. Which, to be quite honest, I didn't really see the Steelers doing all that well this year. Anyway, I think I yeah, said I, that. I had the Steelers as like a as like a dark horse wild card team, but now I did not. I I said that they weren't going to be that good coming into this year. They lost two of their best offensive weapons, two of the best offensive weapons in the league. Now they drop a terrible game to the Patriots. Then they lose to the Seahawks. Um, I think it's only dark days ahead for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This year, especially without Big Ben. And please let it be dark days ahead because we got their first – the Dolphins got their first round pick in 2020. So we'll talk more about that in a minute. So, I mean, AFC North is pretty much the Ravens and the Browns. I think it's the Ravens to lose at this point. People are thinking that uh, Mason Rudolph is very NFL groomable, and I just don't see it right now. I'm not saying he's going to lead this team to a playoff push. No, he may be groomable, but he's they're still going to be five and eleven probably and have a top seven pick. So um, that's what I was reading. So thank God because the the Finns have that pick now. Um, so let's kind of lead into so that's Big Ben and Drew Brees and other like Michael Gallup. A lot of guys went down this weekend. Um, so fantasy implications are huge in that. And my team's banged up. I'm sure everyone else's team's banged up as well. Um, we're going to kind of roll into another thing and this is something that I kind of took took notice of and I put it down I wanted to talk about but Jalen Hurts is off to a fucking phenomenal start to the season. I know Travis was super high on him in our college football preview show. So Travis if you want to talk about that for a minute and what you kind of think about about his start to the year. I got some stats I'm gonna throw out there and holy shit. Yeah I mean in his first three games he's got an eighty percent completion yes. rate which is absolutely insane. I know he's playing the Big Twelve and they haven't played like crazy good opponents yet. Uh, but he's got 880 passing yards, nine touchdowns, and zero interceptions. He's averaging 293 passing yards a game. Yeah. His pass efficiency rating is 250, the highest it's ever been in his career by leaps and bounds. Um, it's it's pretty insane. He's he's The dude's balling out right now, and I am super happy for him. Yeah, I mean, and that's just in the air. On the ground, he's averaging 9.8 yards per carry. He's got four touchdowns on the ground and 373 rushing yards. So the kid's getting it already three three games into the season. 
He's over a thousand total yards. I mean, this kid, Trevor Lawrence has been. I don't know if you guys saw the updated Heisman odds, but Trevor Lawrence is like fourth or fifth on the list. And yeah, he, he, needs to, he needs to get his head out of his ass. That's what I'm saying. Like he's not looking like he's going to be a Heisman Trophy guy. What's and, good for him is that it is his sophomore year, so he does have his junior year to come back and win it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jalen Hurts right now has got to be right there up front with Justin Herbert and Tua. I mean, I, I read the true. How electric would it be if it was Tua and Jalen Hurts as like the two like coming down to the last week of the season, like who's going to win the Heisman? I mean, they're former teammates. I root for Jalen Hurts all day long. Oh, fucking hundred. How can you not root for Jalen Hurts? I mean, the Dolphins are going to draft. I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to be an NFL quarterback. That's that's what I what I think. I mean, two is going to be a Miami Dolphin. It is what it is. But I'm still rooting for Jalen Hurts all the way because that's just a story that you love to see as a guy leaving a program. He stuck there. He was supported to a. He stuck it out as long as he could. Finally transferred and now getting his opportunity in Oklahoma. So just got to point out, guys, if you guys want to take a look at it, Jalen Hurts is having a fantastic year in Oklahoma. May actually be worth a damn come college football playoff time. Yeah, for um, sure. The next thing we have on our list is these NFL trade requests, trade requests. And I just think, first of all, we had Minka Fitzpatrick wanting out of Miami. It happened. The Dolphins traded their 11th overall pick from, 2000, from the 2018 draft to the Steelers for their 2020 first-round pick, which I think is a pretty damn good deal. Yeah, I mean, it's good. We're not – or we're, I'm say we. The Dolphins are just looking to offload people right now because – you know, by the time it comes around, they're going to be good again. They don't want these guys who are going to need big contracts. Yeah. So they want to offload these people for picks that they can turn into being good. And it looks like right now that the Steelers pick is going to probably be in the top 10. Um, so I'm kind of really unsure why they made this trade. They're not really pushing for the playoffs this year. I guess they're getting a really good slot corner and Minka Fitzpatrick. But to offload, you know, your first round pick that's potentially going to be top 10 is just kind of Please me dumbfounded. Potentially top ten, and also the quarterback, the quarterback class. You know, you have a lot of good guys that you could probably get with that eighth, ninth pick this year. He could be your replacement for, for Big Ben. I mean, yeah, Big Ben's career is over. It's over. It's over. And like this, is, even if he comes back next year, you have a guy that's study under Big Ben, a guy who's, who's won a Super Bowl. I just don't get it. A lot of Steelers fans are like, oh, they're they're trying to rationalize it. Minka Fitzpatrick was was marketed as a Swiss Army knife on the defensive side of the ball. And Travis and I saw it firsthand. You can go look up look up the PFF stats. But the only spot he's good in is is like Travis said, the nickel and the slot. He can't cover on the outside. He can't play safety. He gets roasted on either of those. He's supposed to be this like Swiss Army knife and be this rover. And that's what Brian Flores tried to use him as and he bitched about it, complained. First of all, why would you want a guy with that attitude on your team? Like that's my thing. Like he I mean, it's the same. It's the same thing that the next guy we're going to talk about, Jalen yeah. Ramsey, who requests to be traded. Ultimately, we kind of, you know, wanted to ask this question: if these trade requests are bad for the league, and I 100 percent think yes. I hate yeah. them. These guys are sh- fucking sar- Charmin soft, dude. Charmin soft. And it, what Jalen Ramsey said, um, you know, this week said it best. He said, um, you know, I just want to win. Well, yeah, everybody wants to win, but if you want to be traded to a team that's winning, then that's no fun. You're creating the super team, the fucking Golden State Warriors. That's what you're creating. You're creating a culture where the same three teams every fucking year are in the championship game, and nobody wants to see that. It's boring, and it's terrible for the game. I 100% agree. I mean, just nut up and play until you can 
until your contract's up, and then go get your bag and go wherever the hell you want. You're a free agent. But guess what? You got drafted by that team. And that's what pisses me off. These guys get so, like, upset and, like, mad at these teams who drafted them very, very high. And guess what? That team could have passed on you. You could have got a shittier contract by getting drafted at 28th overall by the Patriots or whatever. But guess what? That team took you at 11 or, you know, 14 or whatever it is. And the higher you get picked, the higher draft pick you get. So that's an honor. Wear that badge, fucking ball out. And then when it's over, when it's all said and done, you can walk away and get your bag somewhere else. I just, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, I it's mean, annoying. I, it's I annoying. I totally agree. Like that team brought you in. So think about it, honestly. If the Jags didn't bring in Jalen Ramsey to be, you know, their star corner, he could have went somewhere with an amazing secondary. Maybe have gotten benched, put on the sideline, brought in in nickel situations, and then and then bitched about that. Yeah. So I mean, it's awful for the game. I hate it. I hate these players requesting trades. Like, oh, I want to trade, and I want to go here, here, here. Like, no, you're gonna go where I can get most out of you. And that's exactly it's, what it's garbage. That's exactly what happened with the Dolphins and Mika Fitzpatrick. Oh, you want to trade? We were going to trade you to the 0 2 Steelers, who are effectively tanking now. So. Yeah, because I know the Chiefs and the Niners were very interested in him. Yeah. And so. I would have, uh, whatever. This is another story of a different day. But anyway, the NFL trade request got to stop. It's pathetic. Just play the fucking game, have some integrity. You play 16 games a year, suck it up for 16 weeks, and then once you're done, move on from there. Um, Next one we're talking about is Daniel Jones. This was this happened today. This I, I I threw this one in there. Daniel Jones named the starting quarterback in New York, replacing Eli Manning. What do you think about this, Travis? Is it too early, or you you think they're just trying to get, get him some reps? I guess it's tough to say. I mean, I don't really think it's too early because honestly, I think they've given Eli a much longer leash than they should have at this point. I mean, he hasn't done much for what the last three years two three years i don't fucking know um but i mean i would think though that they would keep him out for this year to let him learn under eli but i mean if they're gonna bring i thought he was gonna start at the beginning of the year so i don't i don't care about it um i don't think it's gonna hurt them by any means but it may hurt daniel jones and his you know like season of grooming to just throw him in throw him right into the fire that's that's my only problem. Like I don't have a problem with it all. I think Eli's still going to be a great teammate. Still teach. He seems like a really really good guy. I've 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 over my years of maturing, I've learned to love the Manning family and respect them. I think he's going to be a great teammate. He's gonna, still going to teach Daniel Jones. Still meet with him one on one. Still meet with him in the locker room and or in the, in the film room. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tret Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. 
Um, I just don't like throwing Daniel Jones into a situation where you know the team's losing. You have no shot of competing for the NFC East at all whatsoever. You have the fucking Eagles and the Cowboys there. You're literally throwing him into a, into a, a situation where he's, where he's set up for failure. Exactly, and, yeah. I mean, I don't, that's I don't my, like that's it at all. Problem. I, I mean, I, I rags on Daniel Jones. He did good in the preseason, and I, and I think he can do good things. Just, I think it's just way too – maybe week eight, but not, not, not week three. It's kind, of, it's kind of just what, you know, the Cardinals did to Josh Rosen last year. After a few yep. Sam Bradford doing bad, they are like, hey, fuck it. We're going to throw you in there. And then he was the worst quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. So, I don't yeah. think that – Which, by, Jones, the way, by, the, by the way, he just said today that he's learned more in Miami than he ever has in, in, his, in his football career. Well, no so. shit, because he was getting taught by Sam Bradford. <laughs> but yeah. I don't think it's terrible. I think that they might be able to win a few games under Daniel Jones. We'll get to that later. Uh, but I just don't like them throwing him into the fire right here, setting him up for failure. For sure. It's not good for his confidence. Yeah. And the last thing we're going to talk about for you new listeners, whether you're coming from the hub or just new at all, uh, Travis and I are big UFC fans. We love Conor McGregor, and he put out a very, very interesting tweet over the weekend. His tweet, literally, all it said was Dublin, comma, December fourteenth. So, basically, I mean, you could speculate a lot of things about that, but I was like, he wants to fight again, and the UFC already has a pay per view card scheduled in Vegas for that date, but there's nothing been set for it. There's been no matchup set. They haven't been selling tickets or anything like that. So I think this is a position where if he wants to, Dana would be like, fuck it, we're going we're gonna to move it to Ireland. Uh, Connors wanted to fight in Ireland, hasn't fought there since like 2015. And, I mean, really, Justin Gaethje, who just came off Saturday and knocked Cowboy Cerrone out in the first round, said he wants to beat his ass and all this stuff. I think it would be an electric fight to make. So, um, you know, what'd I, you, what I won't trust anything until – until it's official. Nothing nothing that Connor tweets or says or does anything in an interview I would believe until Dana White makes it official. Yeah. Even but, then, who knows what's going to happen. But again, I mean, it still is an interesting tweet. I mean, the fact he said a, a city and a date leads me to believe Connor has more pull than any fight in the UFC with Dana White. So, I mean, if Connor's like, hey, Dana, I'm going to come back, uh, but if I come back, I got to fight in Dublin on December 14th. He's like, all right, fuck it. Let's make it happen. Because, um, you know, as soon as Connor comes back, it's going to be the highest selling pay- pay-per-view card of all time. I mean, just oh, like. Yeah, I mean, that's a given. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it's just, it's interesting. Hope it happens. But like I said, I'm not going to believe it until I see it. Most definitely. Most definitely. So that is our very, very long-winded intro slash trending topic segment. We're going to roll into our Degenerates Digest, so let's hear it. Hey, everyone. As you know, we've been recording with Anchor for about a year now, and honestly, it's the best way to record a podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast because A, it's free. B, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I'm actually recording this ad from my phone, and they'll distribute your podcast to you for free to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and like 10 other platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership required, and it makes everything so simple. If you want to start a podcast today, go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. My friends are degenerate, but I never change them. Liars, cheats, and hypocrites, not the time for saving. 
just like the last few weeks, we're going to roll into our Degenerates Digest where we have our three college football lines with our lock and our three NFL primetime games with a lock and a little twist at the end of the NFL. Um, so let's, we're going to just roll right into it. I'll start with my number or my number one, my first game on tap for the weekend. And this is a Friday night game, so I get some, uh, some early action for you guys, 8 o'clock Central on Fox Sports 1. It's number 10 Utah. At I got, USC, I, I got this one too, but I wasn't going to talk about it first. But I'll, we'll see. We'll now see we can both talk about it. Yeah. Uh, number ten, Utah at USC. Utah is minus four, and it surprises me that they are not bigger favorites. Um, Utah has one of the better defenses in the country right now. They have allowed nine points per game, uh, two hundred and thirty yards per game, um, and then they're going against you know a fucking young QB who has done a solid job up to this point, but he has a tendency to turn the ball over. He has four picks already through three games and like five touchdowns. And then you look at the opposite side of things, uh, USC, who's allowing 145 rushing yards per game, and Utah's Zach Moss is averaging 6.5 yards per carry. I just think this sets up the Utah Utes for a huge game in fucking L.A. I think Utah minus four is a good-ass pick to take here. I agree 100%. I'm going to keep it short. Travis basically rattled off all the stats I was going to read. My <laughs> other, the only other thing I had on here is they both have one common opponent already on the year, and they both, played at, they both played at BYU. The difference is USC lost USC lost 30-27, to 27, and Utah drubbed them week one, 30-12. Um, Utah may be the best team in the Pac-12 and legitimately has a shot at the college football playoff. So they, they're controlling their own destiny. They're already in the top 10. And this is a big, big, big chance to get out in front of the Pac-12 competition, go on the road, beat USC, buy a fucking million. Also, like Travis said, their defense is very solid. So if you're feeling more risky, take Utah minus four. Parlay it with that under, cash in on both of them because the under is 51. Yeah, I mean, I like it. I don't see USC scoring a lot of points against this Utah defense, um, but I can't see Utah running the fuck out of that score. Yeah, but so I'm just my to be fair, just to be clarified, my pick is minus four. But if you want to be a little risky as a bonus, check out that under on 51 as well. Sweet. So we both have Utah minus four. I think that's our first similar pick um, outside of you know the NFL picks that we have to do every week. So that's awesome. Rolling into my second one, I got uh, number 16 Oregon at Stanford. It's Saturday at 6 p.m. on ESPN, so it's a primetime game. Oregon is 10.5-point favorites, and that is what I'm taking here. Um, Stanford has not really been able to put up points this year, and that's it. I know they had their backup QB in for a game, but now um, you know th- their regular quarterback's back. And along with that, their defense can't really stop much. Um, and if Herbert wants to show out and show that he's first-round talent, top-10 talent, whatever it may be, he's going to need to keep balling out like he's been doing so far, he has 868 yards and 11 touchdowns on the year. I think that he can go into Stanford on Saturday night. Those it's a primetime game. Huge game, big implications, and they win by two touchdowns. I like it. I like Herbert a lot. Um, I saw that, and there's, there's a lot of Pac-12 lines this week that I was interested in, which is weird because I never usually watch the Pac-12 because it's so fucking late. Um, but I, I, I don't hate it. I don't have that on mine, so – we're going to get some discrepancies here. My, the one I was going to talk about first before you jumped into the Utah game, because I, I had that as number two technically, 
My first one I'm going to talk about is Nebraska at, at Illinois. It is 7 o'clock on Saturday on the Big Ten Network. Not touching the spread. The over-under is 63 and a half, and I'm taking the under all day, baby. What is the spread on that game, by the way? Because I will be at that game. It's it's like 14 or 9. I don't fucking remember. It's some – it's something. It was something that was a little too rich for my blood. I believe it's. I believe it's thirteen and a half. Don't quote me on that. Travis is looking it up. But I'm going to go ahead and talk. Illinois lost to Eastern Michigan last week at home, and appears to be the Illini that we always are used to seeing. You know, they start out decent and then just totally fucking lose control of things. Um, like I said, I wanted to touch the spread here, but I think this game is a bit of a snoozer written written all over it. Um, both teams allow roughly so far on the year around twenty points per game and score around 35. I think they're both going to be on the south end of those uh, yeah. because they're playing a little bit of a, you know, this is obviously a Big Ten game. Um, so I'm seeing like a, maybe a 31 to 21 Nebraska win, which do the math on that, that's 52. I think 63 and a half is a big, big over-under. For that's a, high. For a Nebraska-Illinois game. I saw that. I was like, dude, that seems way too high. Um, so I'm taking the under of 63 and a half on the Nebraska-Illinois game on Saturday night. I like that. I'm going to be... More than likely at that game, so I might bet I might take that line. I like that a lot. Um, <clears throat> I'm going into our, you know, my third pick right before the lock. This one is kind of one that I was a little little skeptical, but I'm doing it anyway because fuck it. Southern Miss at number two Alabama Saturday at 11 a.m. on ESPN two. Not touching the spread. The over under is 61 and a half, and you best bet on hammering that over. And here's why. This is one of Tua's last chances to play a non-con game so he can pad his stats. They have this and they have another game later on in the year. And so far they put up 62 points against New Mexico State, 47 points against South Carolina, and I think 45 against Duke so far. So if they can just continue that and put up similar offensive numbers maybe in the 50s, I can see Southern Miss scoring a couple Dutch touchdowns. Um, you know, maybe 10 points to hit this over without a doubt because Southern Miss offense isn't nothing to joke about. They put up, you know, I think like 360 yards per game. I think this game gets out of hand. Southern Miss scores a couple points at the end to hit this over. What was the over again? 61 and a half. No, it's not bad at all. I actually like that a lot. I actually like it. Anytime Bama's playing a non-con team, you know, you want to definitely want to check that. Check that over under out, but definitely a good one. My next one is a team that did me solid on a backdoor last week. I'm going to go with them again this week. It's Tennessee Tennessee at number nine, Florida. 11 a.m. on ESPN on Saturday. I'm taking Florida minus 14 and a half. That's the spread. I'm taking it. Tennessee hasn't beaten one fucking good team this year. They've had two embarrassing losses at home. They, If you think a 49-0 win over Chattanooga at home is going to convince me, you're you you got another thing coming. This is their first road game of the year. It's in a hostile Gainesville environment. And I was gonna say in the swamp. Yeah, in the swamp. It's hot, it's muggy, it's still September down there. Um Florida's gonna roll, especially because Tennessee is allowing three hundred and six yards per game, and Florida is is on offense gaining four hundred and twenty eight yards per game. So a powerful offense versus a lackluster defense who's played nobody thus far and has allowed 306 yards a game. I mean, I just see this having a disaster and all over it. I can see like a, honestly, honest to God, like a 40 to 20 or like 40 to 17 win for Florida. I looked at that and I liked it, but then I got scared because I was like, man, this game could get 
not crazy out of hand, but out of hand, like you said, 40 to 20, and then, you know, Tennessee scores this backdoor fucking touchdown at the end. Yeah, I mean, maybe, but I think Florida had a close call last week with Kentucky that they don't want that to happen again, and they're just come out and they're going to fucking throttle Florida. I mean, throttle Yeah, well, I mean, Kentucky's a way better team than Tennessee. Exactly, exactly. So. And they beat them by eight, mm-hmm. so they shouldn't have a problem beating Tennessee by 15. Um, all right, let's go into our locks. Not sure if we have uh, similar locks. Mine's another Pac-12 matchup. Nope, um, I, got a, I, got, I got a big 12 game for mine. Okay, my luck. Colorado at number 24, Arizona State. Love it already. Saturday at 9 p.m. on Pac-12 Network. Arizona State's minus 7.5, and and I'm fucking rolling with that at home. They're on fire, coming off a huge win at Michigan State. They've held their opponents to seven points in every single game they played in this year. Meanwhile, Colorado's opponents have scored at least 30 points every single fucking game. At home, I do not see them losing. I do not see this game being... Very close at all. Arizona State's going to win by two to three touchdowns. So I like Colorado a lot, but I think if you guys listen to our college football preview show, I was very high on Arizona State. I believe they are my surprise team in the Pac-12, if I, if I do recall, because of one guy and one guy only, fucking Herm Edwards. We play to win the game. Love that pick. I like it a lot. I love that. As soon as I saw it, I was like, I almost threw it in there. Didn't do it, but I'm glad you did. My lock of the week is a Big 12 game. It's West Virginia at Kansas at 3.30. Not even on TV. It's on ESPN+. And I'm taking West Virginia minus 4.5. This spread is very, very small. And everyone's like, oh, my God, Kansas beat Boston College last week. By like they fucking points. put their dick down on Boston College last week. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the fucking ACC. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. Um, I am really picking this solely because that was Kansas' biggest win in the last decade, I can see a big, big letdown coming back this week against a West Virginia team that bounced back also in a big way against another more superior ACC team in North Carolina state. I mean, they just fucking laid the dick down on North Carolina state. Um, They pounded them at home. So again, I mean, Kansas is Kansas. They lost to fucking coastal Carolina at home four and a half. Not a lot. I think they're going to come out. Like I said, a big win, biggest win of their program in the last decade last week um, against Boston College. And I think they just come out in a big letdown and get flattened, I mean, by two scores. So West Virginia minus four and a half. Lock it in. Not even on fucking TV. You got to have ESPN Plus, which your boy does. So uh, <laughs> I'm not going to be watching it. So if you guys need my login, just hit me up. I, I got you. Yeah, I was going to say, if you watch this game, I have better shit to do at 3.30 on a Saturday. Um, I'll be at a, I'll be at a brewery getting drunk. So I thought about this game, but then I saw Boston college, you know, Kansas whipped their ass. Both these teams are, have been super inconsistent through three weeks. So I stayed away from it, but I respect the pick. That's it for our college football picks. We're going to roll into our NFL picks here. I'm just dive right into it. Thursday night game. The Titans are minus two point favorites in Jacksonville playing the Jaguars and the over under is 40 kind of a controversy going into this game. Cause Jalen Ramsey said he wanted to play for Tennessee earlier this week. It is a little bit of, of controversy. And I know you joked around on the socials last week that we're going to keep taking the under for Thursday night. And I wanted to do that but 40 and I probably still will, but so, I'm not going to use it as my pick. Yeah. So, now that you said that, I'm just going to dive into mine. 
That's exactly what I did. I took the under of 40. I told myself I was going to do this until it proved me wrong. I'm going to take the unders on the Thursday night games. I mean, I'm still going to bet on it. I love, I love that pick. Love it. I'm not, I'm not just going to use it for my betting record purposes. And I want to give – I'm glad you do that because we're going to give people a little bit of a different, um, I guess, perspective on this game. I'm going to take the Titans minus two. I think they're clearly the better team. Two's not a lot. Um, I know it's on the road. I know it's in Jacksonville. I know it's a short week. But and I and I love Gardner Minshew. He may be my favorite quarterback in the league right now. But the Jags offense just looks lost to me. They have zero run game. They have no push at the line of scrimmage. It's going to cause them to struggle all night. They don't have a playmaker on the offensive side of the ball. And let's, let's not forget, Tennessee has a pretty damn good defense. And let's remember what Derrick Henry did against Jacksonville on Thursday night last year. I mean, four rushing touchdowns. And he had that 99-yard run, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And like you said, with the Ramsey rumors, I think it causes a locker room distraction and is a big issue for the Jaguars. So I think the Titans roll. Um, two points is nothing to me. Give me that all day long. But I'm also going to couple it with the under as like a bonus side. So, so take the under and Titans minus two in that Thursday night game. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right. Don't hate it. We're skeptical with that line. Just, I don't know. Both teams, again, been playing inconsistent. Take the under. Take Titans. Here we go. Sunday night game. We have the Rams. Minus three-point favorite. Again, two road favorites in a row. Actually, all of our games are road favorites. The Rams are minus three in Cleveland playing the Browns. Over-under is 51. Um and I'm going to start it off. I had to take the Rams minus three same, here. Same. As a recent Baker Mayfield jersey buyer, I bought a Baker Mayfield jersey today, uh, an adopted Browns fan for the year. I hate myself for this, but as a sports better, I have no choice but to pick the Rams here. I will be rooting for the Browns in this game. Don't get me wrong, but as a sheer gambling standpoint, it was easy for me to take the Rams at minus three. Dude, um, 100% agree. I mean, I also have the Rams minus three. And the, literally what I wrote down is I love Baker, but I read a stat today. He was one and five last year against teams with a winning record. And the Rams are obviously in that category. Um, they, have, they, have, they have a big gauntlet ahead. Their next five games are against teams that are currently two and oh. I think they're going to get through it all right unscathed. I was going to say, I think that that one and five record you said – can be changed. I know they had a rough start to the year, but I think they're better than that. No, the, the, this was last year. He had a one and five record. Against I know. Rams. I know. I'm just yeah. saying. I think that he. They're no, gonna... he definitely can't. But the Rams are tough. Look what they did. Look what they did in New Orleans last week. I think that that interior defensive line or defensive line in general, Dante Fowler, Aaron Donald, 
all those guys up front are just ruthless, and I think they're going to really stifle Nick Chubb, hold that run game to a minimum, and then it's going to cause Baker to make plays with his arm, which we saw what happened week one whenever you make Baker think he needs to do more than he has to do. It's going to force turnovers, shit like that. They still have Marcus Peters back there in the secondary for the Rams. In minus three, I just saw that I, I could not take it. Yeah. So, yeah. Don't don't get me wrong. I definitely think this is a winnable game for the Browns. I actually um, had them winning this game and when we talked about our NFL preview show. But yeah, because, knowing what I know now, I mean, I, I, I just can't do it. But personally, I think Jared Goff is an awful quarterback. He can't read a defense if he was inside Sean McVay's head. Um, I'm not sure if you saw, you know, the, the video that was out on rolling around on Twitter yesterday and today, but, uh, you see, cause you know, your fucking coach can talk to you till 15 seconds are left on the play clock. Yeah. And there was 20 seconds left on the play clock. Jared Goff is under center. He stands up from behind the center and just looks dumbfoundedly at the defense. Cause Sean McVay is talking to him, telling him what the defense is going to do. And then, Makes an audible play calls. Let's Cooper Cup run around for six yards. So the dude can't read a defense for fucking shit. Yeah. So it is a winnable game for for the Browns, but I don't think they get it done. Yeah, in, in hostile territory, it's very very hard, very easy to get those whatever your coach is telling you. Fucking five seconds before he's supposed to quit talking to you, like 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 miss mishear it and fuck it up. Jared Goff. That's another contract I would talk about on a different day. That was a horrible fucking deal for the Rams. So, yeah. anyway. So we both have the same pick there. Rams minus three. Um, I will be rooting for the Browns, but I'll pick the Rams. Same. Monday night game. We got another road favorite heading in. Bears minus four at the Redskins. Um, and the over-under is 41 and a half. A lot of, lot of low over-unders here. It is. Prime time games. But I, do, 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 can, I, can I go ahead and go first? I'm pretty sure we probably, we probably have the same pick. I'm going with the under 41 under. and a half. Yeah. Dude, the Bears' first two games combined. Listen to this, Travis. 19 I, points. No, combined. Bro, their first two games combined. Total score, 43. That's a point and a half more than this. Their first two games combined. I mean, they have a great defense, good enough to stop in a fucking aging Adrian Peterson. And an average Case Keenum, very easy to probably hold him to like three to ten points. I'm not even shitting you. That's what I'm saying. I mean, there's no way that the Redskins are going to be able to put up ten to twenty points against the Chicago defense or twenty. They might be able to put up ten. And the Bears' offense is bad enough to where they're probably going to put up like seventeen at the best. Oh yeah, I mean Trubisky cannot put the ball in the end zone. I know we got a lot of Chicago fans listening to this, but I'm sorry, um, rag on us all you want, but Trubisky cannot throw a touchdown pass to save his life right now. No. I mean, this game I mean, the Redskins' defense isn't good. Don't get me wrong. But still, I mean, you just have to be better than what he's been playing. And this under looks great. I mean, it really does. I mean, the Bears are going to win. The Bears are going to win. I just don't think they'll win by four and a half. I'm I'm seeing like a 17 to 13 or like a 13 to 10 game, to be honest with you. Like, honestly, this game's going to suck. I probably won't even fucking tune in except for maybe a quarter because it's going to be that bad. But under 41 and a half is primo. Yeah, I mean, I almost hate watching games where I bet the under because I'm just sitting there fucking mad every time they get a first down. So, uh, yeah, that's how that goes. But that's it. <laughs> yeah, we, we, uh, we got some similar picks here <clears throat> with our Sunday night and Monday night picks rolling into our locks of the week. And I'll start first. I got 
the Saints at the Seahawks. This is Sunday. It's a 325 game. Seahawks are only four and a half point favorites right now. Um, and if you didn't see how bad this offense was with Teddy Bridgewater behind, you know, under center, it was terrible. Even if they make changes, insert Taysom Hill into the game more, I still don't see this faring well for the Saints. Um, the Seahawks have, you know, a pretty great front seven. Even then, they have a pretty good secondary as of right now. And Russell Wilson's, you know, coming off one of his better weeks, you know, probably within the last year after last weekend. And this is a game that they could steal on the schedule. They probably didn't think they could win at the beginning of the year. Um, so if you think about it, they're going to come out hot, and I think they can win by six or seven. I see that. On the road in no, Seattle? It's in Seattle. Yeah, in Seattle. That's what I meant, in Seattle. Four and a half. Four and a half was the line. Love that. Great lock. Primo lock of the week. Lock that in. I don't think the Saints are the same. I actually tried to, to offload Kamara in a couple in, in, a, in one of our fantasy leagues today with no success, so whatever. Um, my lock of the week is the Dolphins at the Cowboys. I thought about this. At noon, the over-under is 40. I'm not touching. The spread's, oh. like, tw- the spread's like 20-something. Fuck that. I would I'm, still do the spread. But the over-under is 47. I'm taking the over because the Dolphins have allowed 51 points per game this year so far, which is stupid. And they played the Ravens and the Patriots. And the Cowboys, I think – have just of a, as an explosive offense, if not more so than the Ravens and the Patriots. I mean, they have Dak, who's balling out. They have Zeke. They got, you know, Jason Witten back, the old man. Gallup's not playing. Oh, well. They still have other receiving weapons out there. I see them lighting up the scoreboard. Um, side note, the Cowboys are also allowing 19 points per game themselves, which isn't great. So they don't have a great defense. I can see them being up like 42, 45, nothing. And then the Dolphins scoring like 10 to 13 points. Um, this 47, the fact that the Dolphins are allowing 51 points per game alone in, in, in their first two games is ridiculous enough and easy enough to take that over at 47. So the Cowboys are going to roll. Um, I just feel more comfortable taking the over than the spread. All right. I see that. Hopefully the Dolphins can put the fucking ball in the end zone for the first time this season. Shit, even put the ball. No, they didn't. They, they scored week one. Fitzpatrick threw a touchdown pass to Preston Williams. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Fuck, I'm sorry. Um, I don't know if you saw this or not. Side note, the Dolphins tweeted a graphic at the end of the Patriots game. Um, how, what was, how many did the Patriots score? I think it was like 40-something to nothing. 43 40. or 49 or something. Either 44, way, yeah. they they tweeted a graphic where it, had, it said, like, Patriots, 40-whatever verse, and they put fucking double zero. They put Yikes. double zero as the score. <laughs> Yikes. I'm making the, face, I'm making the face that Chrissy Teigen makes in, the, in, the, in that gif. <laughs> oh, Ooh. shit. That's a good one. But, yeah, our Dolphins suck. So we're going to add a thing to the end of Dig- Degenerates Digest on the NFL part. Um, and we're adding in an upset slash dark horse of the week bet. Um, now, we're not saying that this is going to happen. This is just one that yeah, we like. And to be fair, this doesn't count against our records either. Yeah, no. Only if it I, hits. No, no. <laughs> I threw this in there. I, I won't even bet on my game. I threw it in there. For I honestly fucking, might. I threw it in there for you fucking true degenerates. You're like, oh, God, get it. Yeah. I like this. I'm going to go with mine then. 
I got the New York Giants at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is a three three o'clock slated game, um, and the Giants are plus two fifty money line with Daniel Jones coming in against coming the Bucs. out. Yeah, yeah, it's not very good. I could see it happening. I'm not saying Daniel Jones is the savior of this franchise by any means, but I can see him coming in hot. He's fucking got a big dick rolling into this game, and he leads his team to a win in Tampa Bay. Okay, plus two fifty. Plus two fifty. Jr. is gonna get gonna get on that action. Exactly. Uh, that's why I said I might. Very very minuscule amount, like like embarrassingly embarrassingly minuscule amount. But I'm gonna get it on that. I like that dark horse of the week. Mine is more of an upset, not a dark horse. That's a dark horse, by the way, guys. Plus two fifty, dark horse. I sound like I sound like Day Pointer right now. Plus two fifty. Dark horse. Dark horse. Dark horse. Dark horse. Um, mine's more of an upset. I'm going with the Bengals at the Buffalo Bills. It's a noon game. The Bengals are six-point dogs. I'm taking the Bengals plus six as my upset of the week. How are you going to do that versus my Bills? Dude, fuck your Bills. I mean, the Bengals, I mean, they laid a complete egg week two after playing pretty competitively in Seattle week one. Um, But I think there's still a big question mark on the Bills, man. I mean – you know, are they actually good? And I think they are. I think, I mean, seriously, like, are they good? They shouldn't have beat New York week one. We saw what they looked like last night against Cleveland. The Jets, that is. I think what's going to happen is it's going to be a back and forth game. The Bills are going to win, no doubt about it. So don't, do not take the Bengals money line. Don't tell you, don't say that I told you to do that. I think the Bills are going to win, but I think it's going to be like a late, like last minute field goal or a touchdown from Josh Allen to having some heroics. I see the Bengals losing by like three to four, maybe even five points. But the six, I like it, so I'm going to take it as an upset of the week. Bengals plus six at the Bills. That scares me only because um, the whole Joe Mixon thing. And this is another thing. I tried to offload Joe Mixon on my fantasy teams today because the dude scares me and they can't get their fucking run game. I think he has 24 rushing yards. He has less rushing yards than Julian Edelman has passing yards this season. Who the fuck did Julian Edelman throw a touchdown pass on? Was it the Dolphins? He didn't throw it. I think he threw he threw a 32-yard pass one time. But either way, or this season already, either way, they need to figure their run game out if they're going to lose to the Bills by less than seven. I agree with you. I agree with you. But that's my upset of the week. It's not something that's guaranteed. (laughs) Take a peek at it. Take a peek at it. Yours, you got the fucking Giants and Daniel Jones going into Tampa and winning. So... Let's just, Dude, just think about that for a second. I don't know if you saw this, but speaking of your Bengals pick, uh, there's a video that got posted on the internet. I don't know if it was Barcelona or what this this weekend, but they were at the Bengals game, and this guy behind him zoomed oh in. Oh my god! Fucking just throws. He's roasting Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. I want him to die on the field so I can go down and stomp on his corpse, dude. <laughs> I've said some fucked up shit, but holy, that that, that my greatest thing I've ever heard. That might like yeah, it's like literally this guy, and we've been to a game in Cincinnati, like the Dolphins last year. We were there; they're up seventeen nothing in the fourth quarter. Yeah, their fans suck. Yeah, they were fucking ragging on Andy Dalton. They were ragging on him, man. Like they hate their own team when they're not playing well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then like, and then the Dolphins, Dolphin, then we're just like, eh, whatever. Travis threw a beer. Some got on the baby. That's another story for a different day. Dumb beer on a baby, but it is what it is. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, we had a new thing, our upset dark horse of the week. Um, Now we're going to roll into our first and ten, so here we go. First and ten from the 
All right, we got a good first and 10 for you guys this week. Um, a question from one of our Instagram followers. Again, he, he sent in a question last week. Um, Jake A. Bear out of, from LSU coming all the way down there. He said his question was, what are our top five rivalries in college football? Um, and this is a good one for me. I, I had a few in my head, but I kind of had to look into some other ones. Yeah, same. I was, I had like three that I rattled off right away, and I had to like research Probably more. have the same first one. I, mine aren't any, mine aren't any in okay. any particular order. I just like wrote them down as I thought of them. Okay. Um, we'll we'll kind of just kind of talk about each. You one go, and, you, know, you go one, and I'll I'll tell you if I have the same one. So okay. Well, I'll do, I'll do my first one. I guarantee you have it. It's the Iron Bowl. Yep. Uh, it's Auburn versus Alabama. Alabama. Travis. 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 You know, I did my whole master's thesis on this fucking thing. Yeah, this is true. This is true. Um, Alabama is 45-36-1, so they're, they're winning this, this series. Not terribly crazy, but they had to kick six. Probably one of the most famous plays in college football history. This is um, – and I didn't, don't want to rank these, but this might be the number one rivalry in college football. So this is the second one I wrote down. Um, I mean, like, like I said, I did my whole master's thesis – on this rivalry and how it literally shapes football in the South. Like I wrote a whole, you know, I got a fucking degree, but basically writing how this game alone represents Southern football culture and how it like kind of paints itself, whatever. I'm not going to get in the fucking man, but they called, I mean, Vern Lundquist always goes, this is the granddaddy of them all. Like every time we pan to the iron bowl, like Travis said, the kick six, kick six, we had an Alabama fan fucking poison, Auburn's tree on campus. I mean, yeah, dude. I mean, they're crazy. This is a fucking rivalry to top all rivalries, and I never realized until I announced a rivalry fo- football high school football game two weeks ago how tough that word is to say. By the way, um, yeah, you need to just stop that one right there, dude. It's 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 <laughs> it, it's awesome. This is a great one, Alabama Auburn, the the Iron Bowl. This so there's a- one of there's you know one of our top fives. Yep. So you name your next one, and I'll let you know if it's on mine as well. All right, I'm going to say it, and I guarantee you have it. It's the Red River Rivalry. Yep. I do not want to hear you try to pronounce that. The, uh, Red, the Red River Rivalry. There you go. You got it, kind of. The rivalry kind of tailed away at the end. But this is Oklahoma versus Texas, for those of you who do not know, and Texas kind of dominates this series, 63-45-5. But I feel like, you know, the whole, as of late, uh, Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray kind of sparked this rivalry back up. Uh, and and favor of Oklahoma and it's really kind of a fun one to watch they always put up a fuck ton of points that's what I was gonna say like this is a classic big 12 shootout it's gonna be fun to watch Sam Ellinger and Jalen Hurts go at it this year this is gonna be a must watch game I don't know what week it is I should have looked it up but this is gonna be a must watch the Red River rivalry is always the top <laughs> is, is always is always a good one to watch I had to slow myself down to say that one I like it yeah so we have two Two of our top five already in there. And I don't know if you have my third one in there or not, um, but I'm going to go ahead and go with it. If not, you can kind of go in there. Mine's the Civil War, Oregon versus Oregon State. Really? A Pac-12 yeah. one. A Pac, yeah. Oregon is winning this, this series 64-47-10. They've, had, they've tied 10 fucking times. Um, <laughs> first of all, I think that this has to be in there just because of the name. I love the badass name, the Civil War. It's awesome. Second of all, as of you know, late later years, you know, within the past decade, Oregon, Oregon State, 
have had pretty decent football teams to make this a good competition. So um, I think it's a good one. Little in-state rivalry. Yeah, yeah. I have an in-state rivalry later, but it's not that one. Um, my my next one is actually the one the first one I wrote down. It's Ohio State and Michigan. Um, I have that one. That's my next one. Okay. I mean, they literally call the it game. the 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 game. It's literally called the game. Game is what it's called. Yeah. I mean, and rarely do you see schools take it up to this level. I mean, OSU, all their fraternities and whatever they bl- they block out and black out all the M's on their campus and. Michigan does the same thing with all their O's, whether it's on a campus building or whatever. I mean, this is a big one. And literally what's funny is um, my wife's, I guess, cousin's whatever. No, my wife's uncle went to Michigan and we were talking this past weekend because we're going to Thanksgiving in Branson. And we were literally planning our whole weekend around watching the Michigan-Ohio State game because that's, I think it's going to be a big one this year. Um, so that's, that's the top one for me. Yeah. I mean, I just had like lately as of, you know, since I can remember watching college football within the last at least decade or so, it's produced nothing but good games are always on the edge of your seat. Michigan is winning the series 58, 50 and six. So it's a pretty close one. It's always fun to watch. Yeah. I know Michigan's dominant. Huge implications too. Yeah, I know. Is it Ohio State or Michigan that's been like? I think it's Ohio State's been dominant the last the last few years. Yeah, Urban Meyer was six and zero in this game. Damn, that's crazy to, to end his career. That's Ohio crazy. That's against crazy. Jim Har, I think just against Jim Harbaugh, he was six and zero. That's wild. So it was. Have you ripped? You, you ripped off four then, right? So I'm gonna go into my fourth. Yeah, one, and it's the cocktail party. It's Georgia and Florida, so. Georgia and Florida, this is a big SEC East matchup. Um, they've had it, they've hosted it in Jacksonville ever since 1996. And the like I said, the winner of this game often really, you know, especially lately, minus the two years Missouri won it, decides the winner of the SEC East a lot, a, a lot of the times. Um, they they really show out, they dress up, they do it in true SEC fashion. Um, they have chandeliers and tailgates just like Ole Miss does and everything. Um, and I, I know it's always it's always a huge one. So UGA Florida, the cocktail party is is on mine. Okay, I don't mind that. This fifth one's really going to come to surprise from everyone, and probably not anyone listening to this podcast knows of this rivalry. Um, but it is one of the oldest rivalries in college football. It is called actually the rivalry. It is Lafayette versus Lehigh. Okay, they've been playing each other every single year since 1897, a total wow. of 154 times. To be honest, I've never watched this game, but I might this year. Lafayette, it's been super close. Lafayette leads at 78, 71, and 5. That's One of crazy. the oldest. Yeah. That's crazy. So you literally looked that up. I know. Like, yeah, they played, a, they played a record amount of times against each other, though, with 154. So that's a deep that dive. Not? So anyone who's never knew that, because I didn't know that, there you go. You learn something new every day. Mine is a good one that Travis knows about. A lot of mine are SEC schools because I feel like they have some of the best rivalries. Um, mine's the uh, the Egg Bowl, Ole Miss and thought, Mississippi. Yep, that was an honorable mention for me. Yeah, the the Egg Bowl, the Ole Miss and Mississippi State. For the name alone, I mean, but literally, I was looking it up, and these people in Mississippi take their shit seriously. Like this is like. They have like, you know, their holidays, Christmas, Easter, 
in the egg bowl apparently is like their is like their big thing like they literally treat it like in in Miss, I mean, you got think Mississippi they don't have professional football I mean they don't have a lot to cheer professional about anything them. yeah anything at all <laughs> anything so like this is probably for them the Super, Super Bowl yeah, yeah the mecca yeah the mecca of sports so they go out they show out especially when it's at Ole Miss and they have the fucking chandeliers and the tailgates and everything um, I think that's always a great one too. I mean, really, in recent years, when you thought when Dak Prescott and Chad Kelly were were, were banging it out against each other, um, fun fun game to watch. It's always on the Thursday too of uh, of Thanksgiving. What's up with this whole chandelier thing? What do you mean? You're saying chandeliers at Ole Miss? Yeah, they have chandeliers. Like they literally like they they throw up a pop up tent like we do at our tailgates, and they hang a fucking chandelier from the middle of it. So for those of you who aren't familiar with the chandeliers of Ole Miss. That's a different one. Um, yeah. So, yeah, great fucking question. That was actually awesome. Is fun. Hopefully you guys learned some new stuff about college football rivalries. Um, we had all the names to all the rivalries, so that's cool. New segment to our first intent. I'm going to let Jared announce this uh, since he was kind of the main thought leader behind this. We're super pumped. It's going to be great. Here it is. Yeah, this is going to be a reoccurring thing on Two Drink Brothers in a Podcast, but – We've dove into pop culture before, really kind of faded away, but we're going to bring it back, you know, on an as-needed basis. But we're going to introduce what we call, and this is a hashtag, so get it fucking trending. <laughs> the hashtag heaters only club. Heaters only. Heaters, heaters only, club. only club. Heaters only club. The H to capitalize, the O's capitalized, and the C's capitalized. Hashtag heaters only club. Now, for those of you who don't know what this means, this means that a guy or an artist or whatever, a band, all they put out, every fucking song they drop is a banger, a heater, gets you fucking going. And what caused me to really start this, and we're gonna we're gonna introduce we're gonna we're gonna introduce members to this. And our inaugural member is the late great, recently late great, Eddie Money. I mean, this dude just dropped bangers and bangers only, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I love it. It's great. Um, so from time to time, maybe one, not every episode, but once every couple episodes, maybe once per episode for the next few, we're going to be adding members to our Heaters Only Club, and that's what it is. So, um, But no one's ever going to replace the inaugural member is Eddie Money. Is Take Eddie me Money. home tonight, you know, everything. I mean, we're going to have him on the outro. RIP, but he's the inaugural member. He they don't have to be dead, correct? No, they don't have to be dead, but he is okay. the found. This is what caused me to do it. But he is the founding member, the founding member of the hashtag Heaters Only Club. And I'm gonna, and here we go. I'm gonna add because Jared asked me if I wanted to add a member on my end. I'm gonna add a member who's number two, who is going to be very hard to beat. And this member is the Cougar, John Mellencamp. Oh yes, Dude, oh yes. Him up on Spotify. He has nine to 10 of the best songs that you might ever hear in your life. <laughs> dude, dude, that is a fucking, I mean, Jack and Diane hurt so good. Small town, pink houses, you name it. John Mellencamp is the fucking guy, dude. Seriously though. Like, so that's going to be two members hard to top Eddie money and John, John Cougar Mellencamp. Yeah. I, I mean, have, I have one. I have a, a couple in my in my queue coming up. Let's, let's just slowly release them. Maybe, yeah, like I said, over the next yeah, couple gonna, weeks. We're going to kind of let them out as it goes. But our two founding fathers of the Heater, Heaters Only Club, 
John Mellencamp and Eddie Money, and that's yeah. it. So also, I'm gonna throw something out there that I just thought of. If you guys have a nomination, if you guys think someone should be, we will take cons- it into consideration. Yes, if someone should be considered for the Heaters Only Club, throw us a DM, whatever you want to do, and we'll consider it and we'll bring it up on the next episode and we'll let you know. But ultimately, yeah. it's our decision. It is our decision. So hashtag respect our decision. Who knows? Maybe uh, maybe some merch will come for the Heaters Only Club because I think that is a uh, that's something that hasn't hasn't been going. So let's get it going. Hashtag Heaters Only Club, Eddie Money, Eddie Money, and John Cougar Mellencamp, your founding members. Um, it's a great fucking class so far. Let's just keep it going. So, anyway, ladies and gents, Travis, I don't know if you have yeah, anything else to I add. Have a few thing, I have a few things. Oh, you do? Yeah. You got yeah. questions. You got questions. I have shit to end this show with, so don't cut it off yet. Um, a couple would you rathers and then a just question. Okay. okay. Here sure. you go. First one. Would you rather run everywhere you go or shout everything you say run everywhere i go no doubt about it yeah think about this though like you're in the grocery store just fucking sprinting around with your grocery cart i don't mind that because i like to get get in and the fuck out of the grocery store (laughs) you look like a crazy person i don't give a shit Uh, dude shout everything i say like you're in a movie theater and i'm leaning over like me and you know carly in the movie and i'm like hey what'd you think of that fucking scene (laughs) you know what i'm saying like Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to pick that too. Uh, it might be awkward at times, but it'd probably be less awkward than shouting, especially at work. Yeah. Shouting everything you say. So I like that. Because you, you, you sit right across me. Hey, what'd you say about this person? <laughs> All right. Here's the next one. Would you rather, and I this is coming from myself. I don't know if it's been out there before. Would you rather have six fingers on both hands or six toes on each foot? Six toes in each foot because not everyone sees my toes on a daily basis. I thought about that. Then I thought about the pain in the ass it would be to put your fucking foot in the shoe. <laughs> yeah, you're right there. I just feel like I'd have like extra balance too. Like be like the I could be like a fucking acrobat or some shit. I feel like I could throw a wicked circle chain with six fingers. <laughs> so I'm going six fingers here. I can do a bunch of shit. Think about how fucking good you'd type. With six fingers. That's true, but I'm going to go with six toes because I don't, six fingers. For All right. It's like that fucking, what's that scene in that movie when he fucking pulls it up and he, it's fucking, uh, it's a Jim Carrey movie. He pulls up, he's like, ah! he like freaks out because he has like more fingers on his hand than he's supposed to. Is it, it's not Bruce Almighty, is it? I think it is. I don't know. It's, he pulls up, ah! like fucking freaks out. <laughs> All right. Um, here's the next one. And I stole this one from KFC radio question. These last two I did actually. Would you rather lose a leg or never have sex again? I think this is easy. Yeah, fucking take my leg, bitch. Yeah, you don't even have to give me a prosthetic one. I'll just hobble around all day. No, yeah, I mean, I'll be like, I'll be like tink, tink. If I can just tink, tink around. Tink, tink. <laughs> oh, so that's an easy one. Last one. This might require some thought for you guys. What is the fiercest animal you think you could take in a fight? Hmm. That's a tough one. Hmm. monkey chimpanzee all that shit's out anything that has claws and is like a mountain cat is out um shark <laughs> out cat. yeah shark out obviously uh, uh fierce bear gone even a small bear yeah dude that, that shit would fucking eat you alive that would eat you alive 
I was thinking small, small bear, but I guess that might be tough. Bro, I'm going to go honestly like fucking. And I even saw the hyenas at the zoo and they're fucking huge too. Like they look meaner than the fuck. I feel like that's a mountain cat. Uh, it's a dog. I don't even. I, I think honestly, like maybe like a pit bull. That, that I was gonna say, like a fucking like maybe a mean domesticated dog, <laughs> might be the fiercest animal I could take down with my hands. Yeah, maybe a wolf. I don't know. No fucking way. You're crazy. Coyote. Nope. Yeah, honestly, I mean, a mean domesticated dog. Maybe. What about an alligator? Like Fuck Happy you. Gilmore. <laughs> That's yeah, because that's super realistic. He fucking elbows it on top. Fucking just elbowed it on top of the head. No, dude. Uh, Like literally. I guess we're going with a a mean domesticated dog. Yeah, one hundred percent. There we go. There you have it. That's all my questions. They weren't as exciting as normal, but it's all I could come up with this time. It was on short notice. No, those were good. Those were good. We had a lot of we had a lot of interesting stuff this episode. You know, I feel like especially if you guys have listened this far. Definitely let us know the answer to those questions, what you guys think, and send us your nominations for the Heaters Only Club. Yeah, Heaters Only Club is a thing. It is in full force, and it's here to stay. I love and this we, and we, we the best ones of the year. Yeah, and we want to review the, the submissions. That's what we want to do. I want to we know what's announce them, So you don't send us any fucking bummers. Yeah, no, because I'll, I'll, I'll call your ass out. I'll throw your at handle out there. I'll be like, hey, fucking so-and-so said, you know, goddamn – I don't know who I could say that's not a heater because then I, w- I don't want them to submit it. So anyway, we'll call you out. We love it. <laughs> Heaters only club is a thing. Roll with the picks. Roll with everything else. Let us know maybe, maybe, may, maybe not roll with my picks for this week, but if I prove yeah. you wrong, fade, mis- fade, fade Travis a bit. Also, Travis, Travis needs to start using this because I'm going to start using it. Oh, I've already started using it. I use the action app. Um, if you guys don't know of it, know about it. You guys can download it and follow me on there. Um, we uh, we have I actually created us a two drunk brothers account on the action app. There you go. So Travis is going to update our picks on there. You can follow us on there as well to see all of our picks for every podcast and anything else we do extra because uh, Travis gambles on baseball and shit like that. So you can follow us on there and track our records on there as well. Um, the lines aren't exactly accurate. But if we're going to start using that, we may start using that app as like the basis of our stuff. But anyway, guys, appreciate it. This is going on like an hour or so now. We love you guys. Follow us at two drunk brothers on all the socials and the action app at two drunk brothers and the action app at two drunk brothers. Follow our sponsors um, or our presenters, the hub Chicago at the hub Chicago. Um, And also if you guys don't mind you, if you guys love listening to us, leave us a rating and review to wherever you listen to this at helps us out. It's going to help us out in the long run. You know, we've, a little over a year we're approaching episode 50 we want to grow this thing some more and want to do more things for you guys so again rating your reviews those go a long way love you guys peace out
Redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.